Hello and welcome. I'm Christina Irvin, leader of Team Clarity. If you had told me I would be setting more healthy boundaries with my closest loved ones, not doing something out of guilt, and comfortable asking for the sale or setting prices equal to my worth in my business after such a short time in this course, I certainly would have told you no way. However, I'm doing all of those things and much, much more unapologetically these days. While you're grabbing a pen and piece of paper, consider this. Just how many people are actually paid to learn? Yes, you heard me correctly. I'm both a student and a teacher of Pay Me What I'm Worth. And by the time I'm done with this course, I will have earned more than what I invested in this life-changing journey. You can always listen to our prior shows at bit.ly forward slash pay radio. And to get one reminder of our next show, click on the follow button at the top of the page. Now, it's time to dive in and let's get to work. Let's meet the rest of the team. Hi, this is Marcia Sertino and I'm in Boston, Massachusetts. Hello, this is Chelsea Wells from the mountains of Tennessee. Have a blessed day. Hello and welcome from the gorgeous state of Wisconsin. This is Patty Anderson. And now, time for class. Month eight, ladies. Month eight of 12. Welcome to Pricing the Priceless. Come on down. What's that whizzing sound? It's time. Wow. <laughs> Before we dive in, let's take a temperature check. How's the whiplash doing? What can I say, So, I mean, these past weeks have been a whirlwind for me. <laughs> You're certainly not bored. <laughs> no, not at all. Ms. Jelsa, how are you feeling about this little plane ride you've been on? I think it's a really good plane ride to be on. I've been diving into Chapter 7. Love this chapter. Love, love, love. It's really strange how over time that I find time and human connection more important than almost anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Captain? I think for me, I just find myself in so many different ironic levels of integrating different parts of the book in, in my life now, and clearly that's because I'm just more aware now, so that that just kind of ushers in the overwhelming reality and need, uh, knowledge that the world needs what the foundations of this book is, is giving us. It just really makes me want to just continue to keep growing myself and integrating more so that I can literally be a part of opening up that awareness for everybody because it's clear that we're just a world of people walking around clueless and unaware. <laughs> That's true. Well, the ancient band Russian philosopher, or he was at least coined a philosopher in his day by the Russian government, Gurdjieff. Gurdjieff came up with the notion that we are nothing but organic robots. We get up, we do our routine, we go to bed, we get up, we do our routine, we go to bed, day after day, month after month, year after year, decade after decade, and rarely do we wake up to our real purpose because we are so 
into the system, into the bump and grind, the matrix, I guess, is the more modern-day term, yeah? Very true. <laughs> yeah. It's a bit of a sweet and sour perspective from the sweet side. I have to pray that you all are cherishing how much you're becoming more awake and aware to how amazing you are. Is that a fair statement? Oh, for sure. (laughs) The sour part is easily fed by regret. The sour part is easily fed by if I had dot, 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 the woulda, coulda, shouldas, right? Oh, you talking to me, preach. (laughs) (laughs) I literally have had so many conversations with Christina beating yourself up about this. You've got to, I keep reverting back to our forgiveness discussion. Because it's like, what if I had known all of this before? Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. So there's the sour part. When we eat a really good sweet and sour dish, why do we order it so often? Because <laughs> it's good, right? You learn from the sour. You learn. Exactly. Today's journey, I invite you to ponder this question. There is pain in life. Suffering is optional. We talked about this In our last class, we opened up that conversation. What has spun off from that conversation? What, if any thought, have you given to that quote? There is pain in life. Suffering is optional. One of the most tragic things to happen to me in my life was losing my mom. It's amazing when I think about the grief and the pain, but also how I held on to that. I'm talking really held on to it and just suffered so much. That wasn't fault of her dying. That was me. I held on to it so tight, and I could remember thinking, this is mine, this is my grief, this is my pain, and just holding it. I allowed myself to suffer. I mean, truly suffer for that long a period of time. We do have the ability to stop some of our suffering, maybe not completely get rid of it, because pain and suffering are a part of your life, but you do have more control over how long you allow yourself to suffer. There's that C word. Control. Choice. Choice Choice and and control. control. Yep, yep. I'm curious, Chelsea, has it dawned on you yet to be grateful for the fact that you are now more aware of how you allowed grief and suffering to give you a sense of control that you've never maybe felt before in your life. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I can honestly admit, at times when you're in a relationship and you break up and you're you're just devastated, I think at that moment in time, the only control I had, or felt like I had, was I suffered. And I held on to it. After a bad breakup, it was nothing for me to go two years without another relationship. But I had control with that. And I think a lot of it stems from childhood trauma, of exactly. not feeling like you had control over anything. Exactly. Exactly. This is yeah. mine. This is yeah. my anguish. This is my grief. You have absolutely zero control over it. Piss off if you're going to tell me otherwise. Thank you very much. Yeah. Have a blessed day. <laughs> I can remember actually having the active thought after my mom died that this is my No one understands how I personally feel which is true, unless they're in my soul. 
I held on to that so hard. And then to see life go on, I mean, I was just devastated. How can life go on without me having her? And I know she wouldn't have wanted that for me. But Christina can attest to what a difficult, difficult road it's been for me. As you ponder step one of exercise 23, noodling, two words, gratuity, and gratitude. Chelsea, how has your gratuity, as in honoring, paying attention, tithing to suffering, opened up your ability to be more grateful? Oh, wow. That is such, so deep in my soul that, and I'm usually not at a lack for words, I'm at a lack for words for that. The gratitude that I feel is overwhelming. The level of gratitude that you're feeling, are you allowing the gratitude to reconnect your heart with your soul? Yes. And you're allowing this gratitude, this reconnection, to witness the miracles that compassion, starting with compassion for myself and then compassion for others, compassion from the inside out. Are you recognizing how this gratuity, paying attention, honoring your suffering has led to gratitude, becoming aware that there is pain in life. I've experienced pain, but I also now recognize that the suffering I went through or I'm going through, I'm choosing that. Mm-hmm. Ladies, look at how society honors grieving. Look at how society rewards suffering. Yeah? When someone's suffering, oh my God, we drop everything, right? But there isn't a mother on the planet that hasn't gone through that learning curve with a child, that when a child is suffering and they see that the child is suffering well beyond what they need to suffer for, they may allow the child to cry versus rush to the child. And the child begins to realize, why am I crying? Right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Right. It's painful. Anybody in society watching a mother, if I were a passerby who didn't know any better, and I'm watching a mother, and their child is screaming away right next to her, and the mother's not doing a damn thing, it's very easy for me to cop an attitude, isn't it? What type of horrible mother are you? Are you deaf? <laughs> right? Right. Where do you think I'm going with this? Let's pull out that Yuhari window. And I'm specifically focusing on one of those pains in the Yuhari window, our most favorite cherished pain. That unknown window, that unknown pain in the Yuhari window, right? Right. Do you see how it's your get-out-of-jail-free card of suffering? I can feel the wheels turning. <laughs> They're like, oh, crap, he did it again. <laughs> you did so well, I totally thought you were going to go in a whole other direction. And then I thought, no, I'm with you. I'm catching up. And now I'm, now I'm lost again. <laughs> How is the unknown portion of the Yohari window your get-out-of-jail-free card regarding suffering? It's summed up in three words. The first word is I. Second word is don't. What's the third word? No. Correct. True or false? 
suffering is largely the result of analyzing. True. I would say analyzing with a close or a high dosage of judging. Mm-hmm. And does judging lead to suffering? Yes. Yes. Chelsea, when you were having that voice in your head on autoplay and on loop, how am I going to live life without mom? Mm-hmm. In my own very limited, naive perspective of knowing you, I would base that to be a very analytical question. Very much so. In so many ways, automated loop that ran through my head for at least the first three years after she died was excruciating. Mm-hmm. And there's residuals of that suffering still in your molecular vibration. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, ladies, think about this. If, if I'm conscious of the fact that if I do something daily for three years, it's ingrained kind of deep, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Gratitude, to me, is a cleansing. Gratitude, to me, is a cellular level cleansing. And gratuity is the water. Being grateful for everything. Everything. Being grateful for what people might think I'm insane for being grateful. How can you be grateful for that parking ticket on your car? How can you be grateful for that jerk cutting you off in traffic? How can you be grateful for being overcharged at the checkout line? How can you be grateful for that jerk who just judged you? How can you be grateful for dot, 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 what most people would interpret as a negative situation that could cause suffering? How could you be grateful for that? And my answer is because I brought that lesson to me. Now, what am I going to learn from it? I think I really felt that lesson this week when it comes to towards my job. I actually even did a periscope about it yesterday before I went to work because I'm always saying I'm so grateful to have my job because it's my number one investor in my business. I didn't realize that I was absolutely negating that gratitude with the attitude that I would pull into the parking lot with every day of, oh, gosh, i got to go up in here. I don't feel like I've been bothered, blah, blah. And then I'd get in there, and there would be my negative attitude piled on top of all the other thousands of negative attitudes in there, and it would just be a cesspool of, oh, when is the day going to end? And I realized that I was completely negating my gratitude for having my job. So this week I've had a lot better attitude towards it. I even went in yesterday smiling with a lot better energy and it's kind of crazy because I got to my department and there was so much high stress tension and negativity going on. I mean, people were snapping at each other. People were screaming at the computer. People were grabbing their heads. And I walk in there like laughing, like, what's going on, everybody? And literally, it didn't take 30 minutes before I could tell that my gratitude, my attitude of gratitude was starting to erode all of that negativity. And before you know it, there was this huge burst of laughter that took place as in response to a situation that was actually quite frustrating. And I know that that was because I brought an attitude of gratitude into our environment. Just a little Excellent. Rant. Excellent example. Excellent example. I want to hear a story of the last time you tipped somebody 
and you did it mindlessly, meaning it was like breathing. You just did it. Like you bought a cup of coffee and it was 238 and you handed them a $5 bill and they give you your change back and you automatically drop a dollar bill in, which means you tipped a 50% or more tip. And you did it without even thinking. Something along that line. So what's the story about how you tipped, you showed a gratuity practically mindlessly? I tend to do that a lot when I feel I've received service that's above and beyond, meaning someone was serving me, but they made me smile and they made me laugh and they actually engaged me like a human being throughout the time that I was there. I tend to not even think about, okay, what's 20% of this? I automatically look down and give what I know is well over that, and it doesn't even faze me. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's kind of interesting that you bring that up because other times when I don't get that kind of service, I'm absolutely going through the guilt trip of obligation because I know that they're surviving off of their tips. And so I'm only tipping because I feel obligated because the, the, it, society says you have to tip this person. And I didn't even realize that until just now. Hmm, that's good stuff. Remember our discussion on discounting your skills? Mm-hmm. What was that all about? What was the essence of discounting your skills? What, what was some of the lessons you learned about skill discounting? Well, we have skills we see in ourselves, but others don't see in us, as well as we also have skills that people see in us and we don't see in ourselves. And so when we're in that blind spot, it's easy to discount the skill, right? Exactly. And discounting our skills enables the lack mentality, right? Right. So when Christina gets mediocre service and she's now flipping into that analytical side of, well, okay, I'm aware of this person probably lives off their tips even though I got sucky service, I still need to tip this person because I want to have them. Now we're factoring in guilt. We're factoring in the discount of gratitude. We're making gratitude a negative, not a positive. Did that just put your mind into a complete pretzel? When I discount a gratuity by mindlessly giving it, I'm not paying attention to the fact that I said thank you. I'm autonomically responding out of shame or guilt that if I don't buy a very expensive present for someone who is my boss who controls my raises, I might not get a raise. So when I buy this expensive gift well beyond my budget, they'll probably be paying payments on until July or August of the following year with the hopes that I might get a raise but I'm supposedly showing my gratitude by giving this gift, now I've actually created something where I'm suffering from it. See how convoluted this gets when we lack the awareness of gratitude. When I'm grateful, ladies, when I give a gift and I'm grateful and I'm conscious of my gratitude. It's unconditional. Yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. Therefore, all of that reciprocal expectation is removed. That's what 
causes you to start judging. It's like a trap. Yep. It places my expectations on another person. Yep, and they don't even know it. And then when you don't get that in repayment or whatever, you suffer because you feel like you've been slighted. No. (laughs) I suffer. (laughs) It's good stuff. So we chose to suffer. Mm-hmm. So this upcoming holiday season, how much suffering will you choose? Oh, I ain't doing no suffering this season. I done told my parents, you it ain't going to be no big Christmas this year. <laughs> Christina and I have talked about this, and I've talked about this with some of my family that we usually exchange gifts, and my coworkers. It's not going to be that kind of Christmas this year. If it's more important for me this year, that we spend some time together, and we love that time without gift. And I feel pretty good about that. Here's another level of truly integrating. So please tell me if I'm on the right track with this thought, because it just popped in my head. What if we don't stock up on that little closet of just-in-case goodies? So if so-and-so gets us a gift, then we can pop, out, pop something in a quick gift bag and say, here you go, girl, as if we intended to do so to begin with. Or we don't rely on the re-gifting shelf in the closet. Like what if we allowed someone to give us a gift out of their own whatever and we just showed gratitude with a, a thanks and just actually doing like Chelsea said and making an intentional effort of scheduling some time where you guys could catch up, like real time. You mean you want to unconditionally receive? Isn't that gross? <laughs> Christina, shame that on you. Awesome. You're going to bring down the entire material world consumerism concept. <sighs> <laughs> and you know, coming from me, who I am a classic all through the years, you find something cute, something on sale, you buy it, you put it up, so you'll have it for gifts. I am so bad to do that, but I'm not doing that this year. And I'm quick to think, oh, gosh. Hey, Chelsea, what do you got back there in that closet? <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to have that to depend on this year, sis. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you know I can always find something, though, that's been back there. Yeah. She's a saboteur, soul. She's a saboteur. I'm going to watch Chelsea's eBay account. Let's see what gets unloaded. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Pricing the priceless. Are you beginning to understand everything we say, everything we remain silent on, everything we do, everything we procrastinate on costs something? It sure does. Certainly more evident after going through this reading. So as we get in touch with the cost, it's really important to understand that releasing the judgment around the cost, meaning if I'm abundantly aware that I'm sabotaging myself, I know I'm sabotaging myself. I know that if I do this or don't do this, I am harming myself. I'm aware of that, and I'm at peace with it. To the outside observer, they might think I'm a bit insane, yeah? Why would you do that to yourself? Are you an idiot? (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
Yohari window, unknown, I don't know. I don't know why I'm sabotaging myself. I just know that I am, and I'll learn from it. Get out of jail free card. Good stuff. Pricing the priceless. Think about this. Let's have some fun. If we play with the notion that anything we call priceless is worth some sort of gratitude, respect, or admiration, top of page 132, then nothing is priceless. Gratitude costs something, doesn't it? Respect costs something. Admiration costs something. My goal with this conversation is for us to shift from the third-dimensional left-brain binary thinking, endless opportunity, timelessness. Open up our vision that we're eternal beings. Now what happens? Now i got to tell my dad to analyzer to sit down and shut up. <laughs> tell your analyzer you're going to be attending a going-away party. <laughs> That's got my head like, whoa. Tell your analyzer that, oh, I'm so excited to receive your retirement notice. We're going to have a blast at your party. Because <laughs> your analyzer just can't cope with timelessness, can it? No. Yeah, that's a hard one. Do you feel the pressure being released as you think of timelessness? As you take a deep breath and you really sense what timelessness is about, and you begin to realize that this blip in the cosmic time frame that my life, whether it's 55 years, whether it's 105 years, whether it's 1,005 years, in the galactic scheme of things is but a flicker, right? How does shifting into a timelessness mentality, awareness, blow open the ability to be grateful and practice gratitude? For me, it, it feels like it, it removes my mind, which always seems to want to take over. And I can just respond. It enhances my awareness in my presence in every moment even more. That's such a gift. I can't say that I'm 100% there yet, but I would have never thought that I would want to be there so badly. <laughs> you feel the stress just oozing out of you? Yeah, because it's like... I've spent so many years with my every moment being so consumed with how something that I might say, do, or feel would affect someone else, what someone else might perceive of what I say, do, feel, or, or who I am. I've spent so many years totally blind to exactly what was going on around me and within me. So it's just like a breath of fresh air just to be truly in the moment and experience whatever that moment is, fearlessly. It's exhausting, you know. And when you stop to think about all that effort, if I say this, if I do this, if I don't say this, if I don't do this, people will blah, 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 and the bigger timelessness of it all, can you even remember what you were fretting over 60 days ago? versus a year ago, versus a decade ago? Do you remember the hundreds of thousands of analytical decisions you were making and controlling yourself? Do you even remember any of that? Man, how about I can't even remember five minutes ago? <laughs> 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 and 
And I wear myself out trying to recall what I was thinking then. <laughs> I don't even remember it. Amen. And my point? Wow, that's good stuff. Your point is if I'm suffering, if I'm allowing myself to suffer in this moment, five minutes from now it's not going to matter. Bingo. I'm going to be wondering, why was I so upset? Because many things are out of our control. And if I'm suffering, and I'm telling everybody that I'm suffering, and everybody else is like, get over it, and now I'm suffering even more because nobody's suffering with me. (laughs) (laughs) No one ever would have those types of feelings, yeah? Never. (laughs) (laughs) So what happens as you shift into a timeless awareness? What happens as people who have known you to be susceptible to their Velcro, their Velcro that is amply stuck with doubt, guilt, shame, and worry, what happens when people who would toss some doubt your way knowing that that would get you stuck, what happens when you have people who, when they toss some shame your way and they know that you normally would cower and recede and capitulate and beg forgiveness. What happens when you just let it go without warning? Heck, maybe I'll sleep. (laughs) It's such a good feeling knowing that whatever and wherever and whenever anything is going to happen, you feel a-okay with what's happening because it's not going to affect me, period because I choose to stay in my gratitude and my joy. And then those people who are used to you responding in a certain way are like, what the hell? She didn't take the bait. Bingo. She didn't send me money. She didn't do this. And even better, unlike all the times that I say, I'm going to do this for you, this is the only last time or whatever, whatever, but it keeps happening, it keeps repeating, what I have found is that the things that I've implemented and really set hard boundaries, it literally only took that one time, and I didn't have to deal with that again with that person. Except for my mom. It's taken a few times with her, but you got to know her. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one of those rare situations where I create a paradox in what I normally suggest and what I normally practice. What I normally suggest and what I normally practice is that if I make a shift in myself, if I make a change in myself, if I want to make a shift in myself, if I want to make a change in myself, I usually practice and I suggest that you give people a warning shot across the bow. I suggest and generally practice that, hey, in the next 30 to 60 days, you might notice some changes, blah, blah. I give people warning. In this situation, when I shift at a profound level, I'm no longer Velcroed by someone's doubt, guilt, shame, or worry, and they're expecting me to take the bait, as Chelsea was saying. And I, A, I do not take the bait, and B, I don't make a big issue out of it. In doing so, I completely eradicate analyzing. It's my analyzer telling me to give people a heads up. 
It's my analyzer predicting how other people may or may not respond. It's my analyzer handing my controller the barbells to keep the biceps strong by giving the warning shots across the bow. And as I let that go, <sighs> that was Christina's controller going, bullshit. <laughs> I have a really good example of a situation I recently had that is spot on for this. I was on vacation for a few days. So I get this text from my niece who lives in Virginia saying, where are you? I need $100. I'm thinking, what? She created a situation of her own where she lost her job. She couldn't pay the bill. She ended up with an apartment in Richmond, need to move back to another part of Virginia, blah, blah, blah. And she seriously expected me to drop everything I was doing, send her 100 bucks so that she could return a U-Haul truck and put gas in it in Kingsport, where I live. I said, I'm not even in town. And even if I was, no. She went on, 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 tried to lay the guilt on. I don't have anybody else. You know, me and Mom don't get along. But, I mean, she pulled all all of the guilt factors out. And I still said no. I felt pretty good about it. And she worked that out without my help. Would the Chelsea of March of 2015 said no? No. No. My entire life I have felt the need to take care of everything for everybody, even as so a the, child. So the Chelsea of March of 2015 would have dropped what she's done and figured out how to get 100 bucks in her hand. Yes. And would have figured out how to get 100 bucks to her from where I was. Mm-hmm. Well, Christina would have straight been rolling her eyes talking about you are crazy. <laughs> yep, she would have. And you need not even look in my direction for all that. Christina Irvin would have been like, have you lost your damn mind? But, yeah, oh, no, the March Chelsea would have felt like, oh, my God, she don't really have anybody else she can talk to and depend on. I'm a, I've got to do, mm-mm, no, no. And the March Christina would have been reminding her how you don't never hear from her unless she wants something. Sure would. I'm sorry, can you tell I feel some kind of way about that one? No. Really how do you really feel, Christina? <laughs> tell us how you really feel. <laughs> and, you know, even if it's friends or family or whoever, and the only time you hear from them is when they're in a trauma or a drama or a struggle that they've created themselves. I have to give Chelsea some props because, was it this past week? I don't know. We were talking, and one of our, air quotes, closest friends that I have a relationship with, love, I love them to death, However, I've got some saltiness that literally we, we just need to have a conversation because I have felt that our relationship is always contingent upon what she needs and wants in the moment. And, and she is completely clueless of the fact that everybody in her life at one point or another and secretly probably still does feel that way about her. And Chelsea literally said, you know, she called, wanted me to come over there, blah, blah, to have lunch or dinner. And I was like, no. 
I'm not going to change my plans, or you can come over here, but I'm not coming way over there. And it was like, huh, I'm proud of you. Like, I had to give her fist bump on that one. (laughs) So let's do a little perspective. Do you remember how our beginning of our journey, the number one thing I asked you all to be mindful of was this be as in boy word. Balance between what? Giving and receiving. What is chapter 7 doing to help us balance giving with receiving and receiving with giving? When someone offers you a compliment, Marsha, Christina, Chelsea, when someone pays you a gratuity in the form of attention, respect, Maybe they even buy a dinner or lunch or whatever because you've done. When someone wants to give you something, are you receiving it with less chatter, less judgment? Absolutely. Absolutely. I recently won an award at work, but I, I was good. And so that attention that they were paying you, that respect that they were paying you, that formal show of gratitude that they were paying you. Now you're allowing yourself to let that ripple into a cellular level such that in those rarer moments now when nobody pays damn bit attention to what I do. No one gives a shit that I did. No one, no one, there's this little thing called reflection going, oh, get over it. (laughs) (laughs) right and we all have that feeling from time one time or another (laughs) when i stop to think of how many people right now somewhere in the world are saying or thinking pay me what i'm worth and then some sort of nasty word after it how many people do you think are actually doing that right now in this second a lot pay me what i'm worth Pay me respect, pay me attention, pay me money, pay me, right? Think about this. Gratitude. Genuine gratitude, as we get to in Chapter 10. I'm, chapter 7 is setting us up to really get into Chapter 10 in a huge way. But as you're all beginning to realize, you've changed your ability to receive openly. Yeah? Yes. Yes. I was literally thinking of my progress, even as much as my inability when we first started to ask for the sale in my business. And I've noticed now people come to me with the question of how much is this. Even had someone last night on a Periscope say, like my girl Christina Irvin is in the audience and all this free stuff is no more. Like, and I was like, huh, literally, I can see the, the change in that, in, in my life. And it's not about being paid for the services as much as it is. I literally feel like I am able to draw from my overflow now because I've stopped discounting myself, whether it be about a sale in my business or whether it be a, about just appreciation or anything like that, literally, 
It doesn't feel like a chore to have to draw to muster up the energy to, to do certain things that it used to feel like a chore to do. Sweet. Sweet, sweet, sweet. <laughs> On page 130, step two, I ask you to just ponder the last time you were paid a gratuity, the last time you received a gratuity. What's the difference between paid a gratuity and received a gratuity? When I give you a compliment, wow, Marsha, you really rocked, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And Marsha goes, oh, thank you, but. There's a but in there. When there's a compliment and the response has a but in there, that's the difference. You didn't receive the compliment. You were paid a compliment. You didn't let it in. There's this concept of what I call reverse PIN codes. True or false? Let me pick on you, Chelsea. When it comes to a compliment, do you let that compliment in without any PIN codes? PIN codes meaning any rationalization, any verification, any justification at all. You just let the compliment in. Or... When you receive a compliment, do you think, okay, it's coming from this person who knows me this, who has this? I mean, you're, you're justifying whether or not you should receive the compliment. Do you do any of that? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I'm much better at receiving now than I was in March. But there's still that little chatter in the back of your head going, if somebody says, we love the way you work with family, you know, there's that little bit of chatter going, oh, what are they saying that for? There's that little paranoid part of you going, uh-oh, what did I do? What's going to happen? Analyzer kicks in. <laughs> right? Yeah. On the other end, if someone comes up to you, whether you've known them all your life or whether you've never met them before and it's the very first second you've ever met them, and they criticize you, what happens? <laughs> it's not pretty. <laughs> I've always said I don't have a problem standing up for myself with anybody. So you have a reverse pin code. Yes. You let a criticism in, bam, it goes right to the source. It's all hell's going to break loose if there's a criticism. You, you, there's, there's no who is this person, how well do I know them, what's their angle, mm-hmm. like you do for compliments, right? Mm-hmm. A criticism, pin code not required, Right. No password I necessary. Pound. <laughs> yeah. Anybody else <laughs> guilty of that, I wonder? I normally let the compliment in, but I also think that my reaction might be something like, especially if it's a blind spot that I have, I have some sort of skill that they're complimenting me on that I didn't realize, and it's my blind to me, I might say, Really? Well, thank you. I didn't realize that. So in some ways, it's kind of like awakening me to see some of the things that people are seeing in me, yet it's like I'm answering in such a way like, really? I don't, (laughs) thanks, but I didn't see that in myself. So I guess that's kind of, there's still a password there, right? You have a situational reverse passcode dilemma. When you encounter a compliment that comes out of nowhere, that for whatever reason you sense needs to be figured out, 
there's a little bit of a passcode in there, a little bit of a pin code. So my point to all of this, stop the passcode. Stop the pin codes. Release the need for a pin code or a passcode for compliments. Always. Period. And apply a pin code always to every criticism. There's this nasty little thing called transference. Transference is when I make my shit your shit. Exactly. I wasn't going to put it quite so eloquently, but yeah. (laughs) I mean, bluntly speaking, when I make my problems your problems, and I am completely clueless, it's because I'm a social worker, I'm a therapist, I'm a psychologist, I'm a doctor, I'm an attorney, I know better, thank you very much. And so these problems that you're having, Marsha, oh my God, let me just tell you. And criticism is based on the four agreements, that wonderful author, don't mean anything personally. Hmm. Yeah, I thought I, I, that's like really never take anything personally. <laughs> Pin code for criticisms, always required. See how that fits? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with those thoughts in mind, as we become more conscious, as we buff our windows a little more, this journey is very much like window washing, isn't it? We're taking layers of layers of grime off the windows, right? Yes. Yes. And as you're seeing how beautiful you are, how much light you really do have to share, to me, a natural byproduct is gratitude just is just blossoms and explodes and I can get into that timelessness I can let go of the left side analytical that needs to price everything what's it costing me what's that compliment costing me is that compliment a thread to uh, an IOU down the line is that uh, criticism meant to you know what's analyze 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 Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, I, and I say gentlemen because for all the guys listening in, uh, let go of any notion that I am bashing the analyzer. You might think by listening to our shows and listening to how I ca- talk about the analyzer that I'm just like constantly demonizing and bashing the analyzer. And if that's the case, I offer you this notion. Analyzing is necessary from time to time. I will go to the grocery store, and I will look at product A, and I will look at product B, and I will look at the ingredients list on product A, and I'll look in the ingredients list on product B, and I will analyze the two different lists, and I will make a decision as to which one I would like to buy. That's healthy analyzing. Compare and contrast. Specific. Which house do I want to buy? Which car do I want to buy? Which gift do I want to buy? I look at my calendar. I'll end our today's journey with pricing the priceless is one of the most fantastic ways to get in touch with timelessness. The exercise is on Sunday night, sit down on a sheet of paper and look at your calendars and roughly sketch out your week. What are some of the things that you know you've scheduled on your calendar? It's already there. It's in your calendar. Look at it. Write it down. Let the week go by. And as the week is unfolding, 
Jot down how things are going. Did what you plan to do, did you do it? Whether you did it or not is not good or bad, right or wrong. What I want is a before and after of your calendar. Is what you plan to do what you did? And if it is, your time management skills are really solid. If it's not, those are the roots of conflict. This makes it concrete into the timelessness. How many times have you transferred to-do items from Monday's to-do list to Tuesday's to-do list to Wednesday's to-do list to October's to-do list to November's to-do list to 2017's to-do list to... (laughs) (laughs) I was just getting ready to say, full disclosure, I have literally got a reminder pop-up at work from probably four months ago. And it pops up literally every day, and I snooze it another day. <laughs> and I'm going to go ahead and just put this out there and call myself out on to the world <laughs> because, oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh. My reason for asking you to do this is to get in touch with a balance between giving and receiving. There's only so many hours in the day that we have, right? Right. Gosh, yes. Do you want to spend those hours doing things that inspires laughter or tears? Right. Well, I'll take happy tears. I like happy tears. There we go. As you get closer to finishing up the exercise, as you get into exercise 23 and really finish up all the different steps, once you finally get into exercise 24, ethical timeless guidelines, next week we're going to really look at the three different guidelines that I offer on how to actually pay other people what they're worth. And I really want to dive into those guidelines because each of those separate guidelines offer unique challenges based on our chaos committee, based on our analyzer, based on our explorer. Again, I am so delighted with you all doing this. You're getting affirmations about your work more and more now, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. In place of ahas from this week's adventure, I think I'd like to explore what are some of your more surprising affirmations? That I have a choice. I have a choice in everything. Mm Mm-hmm. And Chelsea, is that affirmation happening largely that you're now making choices with less doubt, guilt, shame, and worry? Yes, absolutely. So the usual mind chatter that would normally happen when you made a choice is now gone? It may not be 100% gone, but it is definitely a lot more quiet. Okay. So, Marcia, as you reflect on your journey so far of eight months... Four months left to go. What's happening in your life now that's affirming you in ways that you are finding delicious? Wow. That's a great question. I'm starting to feel so awesome. (laughs) I'm feeling, actually, that I amaze myself when I pull something together at the last minute with my team or 
when I can actually get a hold of my team all at the same time. Or there's just so many little things, little signs, little things that happen in between where I just find, I don't know, the universe just seems awesome right now in opening doors. I don't even worry anymore about how I'm going to do things. I just know it will happen somewhere, somehow, in my mind, it's going to happen. (laughs) Mm. And even if it doesn't happen, you're now of that mind frame of, ah, timing. There's some unknown stuff there. Let it go. Move on. Right? Right. Exactly. Yes. That's delicious. Huge affirmations. I feel like I've got affirmations in leadership, um, affirmations in entrusting my discernment. Uh, a huge affirmation literally is that I do me best, better than anybody else, and God does him better than anybody else. It's <laughs> stop trying to take his job. <laughs> huge for me. It's huge. <laughs> Even in trusting and knowing when to say something to someone, how to say it to them, and how much to say to them, it, more and more I'm getting affirmed in that. So all of the pressures that that chaos committee has levied on my life, literally, is, it's eroding so much daily. It's all I can say is it's a relief, and it's and I just am very gracious for it. So I'm curious then, Christina, do I hear you correctly that Christina Irvin is no longer in competition with her greatness? She's more in alignment and partnership with her greatness. Yeah, so much. That's really the best way to say it. And it's amazing how then the greatness just comes out. I'm not always knocking my head against the wall like, I know it's in there somewhere. Where is it at? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) <sighs> Yum! We're setting up some har- wonderful, wonderful harvesting of, of life lessons. The fall season of which we're currently in during this particular moment in time. Are you beginning to see the joy of harvesting? Oh, yeah. From the work you've already done. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're harvesting wisdom, my dear. Ladies, you're harvesting wisdom. (laughs) (laughs) All right, then. With that thought in mind, just imagine me bowing before you all, just sending you all a big hug. Big hug back at you, soul. (laughs) Thank you, soul. Yum. All right. Aloha. Aloha. Bye. Thank you for listening. Any personal ahas of your own? As one of many Pay Me What I'm Worth team captains, it's my role to help you get serious about removing blocks to your success as well as live a more stress-free, confident life. Wonder if this course is for you? If you are a serious action taker committed to playing big in life and being your best you, I look forward to seeing you in my next class. Call me at area code 423-737-737. 5809. Again, that's 423-737-5809 to talk about your next steps. Before you go, let's continue this discussion in the comment box below. 
You can always help other people have breakthrough moments when you share this show across your social media. I look forward to speaking with you. You're listening to Christina Irvin, one of the many team captains for Pay Radio. Definitely radio worth listening to. Have a great day. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.